Uh, as we begin uh, the message this morning, I just want to pray. So just bow your, your heart with me. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for these moments of turning our gaze towards heaven, turning our hearts towards you, Lord Jesus. You are our hope. You are the reason that we can sing, I am free. Lord, you are our stronghold. You are the one that hold us in the darkest night. Lord, all of these have been more than songs. They've been declarations of who you are, what you've done, and what you're doing in our lives. And since this morning, as we now open our hearts to your word, Lord God, we don't want to hear the voice of any individual person. We want to hear your voice, God. We want to see what, what is it that you want to speak to us today, Jesus. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just anoint these words that we're going to look into, uh, make, the, make them come alive off the page, and what they mean for us today. I ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Today we're beginning another story uh, in our series called Discovering Faith. Discovering Faith. Uh, we're, we're looking at and exploring different individuals from the book of Acts who have made great discoveries of what it means to follow Jesus. What does it mean to know him as our Lord and Savior? And what does that look like? And we, we know that discovering faith isn't just that moment when we say, Jesus, you're my Lord. I recognize that you are my Savior. It's just not when we begin that journey. But, but as we go along the days and the months and maybe the years, uh, we grow, do we not? We learn more about Jesus and we learn more about his grace and we, we discover more deeply what believing in Jesus means as it impacts every area of our lives. So that, that's what this, this, this idea of this series is. Lord, we want to discover more about what faith in you looks like. Help us. And so we're turning to different characters, different, different individuals from, from the book of Acts, the, the, when the, the church started. Uh, if you were here last week, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but uh, who was the individual last week that we looked at? The Apostle Paul. And uh, he, he had this one phrase that really, for me, uh, he, he said, I'm the worst of sinners. And I was a good place to start. If the worst of sinners could have a discovery of faith, if he could have this turning around, and we saw that he was a persecutor, he was a blasphemer, he was a violent man, that's what he said of himself. But then he became someone who planted churches, places where people could come to know Jesus. He uh, preached the gospel all over the Mediterranean Rim, and he, he, um, he was the author of a vast majority of the books of the New Testament. So this is someone who discovered faith in a radical, radical way. So our purpose in, in looking at these, these lives is to Say, Lord, is there something that we can take with us today? Is there, is there something that, that I am needing to discover in this season of my life that, that I want to be open to that today? And so as we apply these, these lessons from these different individuals into our lives, that, that's our prayer for today. And so today we're going to be looking at a man named Peter, right? Peter. So yeah, we had, we had to go to Peter. Uh, Peter, I think... Uh, is somebody who does not need any introduction. Uh, just by saying the name 
Peter, there are probably several images that come to your mind. This is one, he probably had more twists and more turns in his faith than, than any of the other disciples. At one moment, he is walking on water. Remember that? And the next, what's, what's happening? He's sinking. At one moment, he turns to Jesus and says, you are the Son of God. And, and Jesus says, you know, a flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Peter. And then a little later, Jesus turns to Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> um, uh, when, when Jesus is in the Garden of, of Gethsemane there and, and getting ready or before, actually at the, at the meal, before he goes to the garden, um, Peter says, Lord, I will never leave you. I will, everyone will leave you, but not me, Peter. And Peter denies him, ever knowing him, three times. So if you have ever felt that your faith has gone up and down, to the left and to the right, if you have ever felt that where will my faith end up, then I think Peter is someone who will be a great help for us as we discover faith together. Now, we've, been, we've called this message um, um, an acquired taste. You'll see why in, in just a few moments, an acquired taste. So there, there's much that we're going to learn about, about Peter's life. You know, he was the, the first leader of the church. He, on the day of Pentecost, he, he speaks and 5,000 people Come to 3,000 people come to faith. He preaches again, and 5,000 people come, come to faith. This is, this is someone whose story is, is, a, is a powerful one. In fact, the episode that we're going to look at today is actually mentioned three times in the New Testament. Uh, three times this story is rehashed and retold and shared. And so there's definitely, we'll be in Acts chapter 11 for the majority of this. We'll read some verses from Acts chapter 10 to kind of set the stage as we go to the first part is uh, this is the encounter of Peter and a man named Cornelius. You'll recall Cornelius. Uh, he was a Roman centurion and uh, Cornelius is, is not Jewish. He's a Gentile. Uh, Peter's Jewish, of course. And, and, and God sends, uh, he has a vision, uh, Cornelius has a vision, sent for a man named Peter, and there's this encounter that happens as Peter is, is, uh, has a vision as well. And, and after this episode's all over, that's chapter 10 is where you have all of the story. And, uh, but Acts chapter 11, we think that, you know, Peter comes back to Jerusalem um, God did an amazing thing among the Gentiles. All is good in Jerusalem and in the world, right? Uh, no. Look at Acts chapter 11, verses 1. This is just after the encounter. Then we'll jump into the encounter to get more details. It says, The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard, there are rumors, that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers, there was a group called the circumcised believers, criticized him and said, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and did what? You ate with them. 
the whole context of this encounter, oddly enough, is going to center around food. <laughs> it centers around food. It's an issue that gets at the heart of the gospel. So it's Cornelius, Peter, and the early church. Uh, this encounter causes them to discover something very powerful. And I'm praying it, it helps us to discover something. So as we jump into our story today, we need to talk a little bit about food. Now, let's ask a quick, quick question. How many people enjoy eating? Raise your hand, please. One person does not. Yes, 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 yes. Everyone enjoys eating. All right. You know, few things have the power to impact our lives or impact who we are, what we are like, and say more about us than the foods that we eat and the foods that we share, right? Um, if we look around the room here, uh, we won't take the time, but we're from different backgrounds and different cultures and different nations, and that means there's different foods. So, you know, maybe on this next slide, you'll see some foods here. Okay, that looks pretty good. Yeah, I could, I could, the cheeses, right? I'm sorry I'm doing this to you, making everybody hungry. Um, this looks really good. I'll take some of that. But, uh, but maybe, maybe this isn't, isn't so much of what you're used to. On the next slide, maybe, maybe something, yeah, yeah, spicy food, yeah. Uh, this, is, this is where it's at, all right? Okay, you know, this looks obviously some, some tacos here, or, or these are peppers. I don't know, this, 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 this looks good. Yeah. You just have to imagine the smells from these foods here. Or, you know, maybe this. Maybe this is more of where you're at. Okay, yeah, this is, I can, I can see that. That bread looks really quite good. This is... I don't know what these are, but this looks really good, right? Maybe somebody, maybe somebody here can, can name that dish. Uh, or maybe you're from a different part of the world like this one is here, and, and, and sushi, you know, raw fish, and seaweed, and, and all of that is, is more to your liking. You know, so, you know, some people come from a country where, like Sonia, comes from a country where they eat more meat in one month than some cultures eat in the whole year. It is amazing at how much beef and steak they eat in... Thank you, Lord, for cows. Thank you, Lord, for cows. Where other cultures, you know, maybe the fish and the... Uh, like we saw in the pictures here. You know, it also happens when you travel to a different country. When you go to a different country, uh, you immediately notice... Uh, the different dishes on the menus of the restaurants. You, you walk down the streets and, what's that smell? Or you, you come across uh, street food. Don't you like street food? I love street food. You know, food trucks and all those. It's the best. You just walk through. Ravinto um, La Paya. Remember restaurant day. It's been a while since we've had that. But all the different uh, booths and, and, and places here in Helsinki. The smells, the dishes, the flavors. It can be exciting and scary at the same time because you what am i eating what am i eating I, I i've had that encounter on different countries many times for those who are not from finland who's not from finland originally not from finland originally okay several hands um, probably you miss certain foods christopher miss any foods yeah i see that head going up and down okay because um, you know food connects us to memories it connects us to moments in our lives. They are foods we call comfort foods. That when you eat them, oh, it makes you feel good. It just reminds, oh, I feel so good at eating this. 
Maybe it's a, uh, a Krispy Kreme donut for those from the States, or maybe it's a Chick-fil-A, or, you know, we could go around here again. I'm sorry, I apologize before the lunch hour. But food is a part of who we are, where we are from. It helps shape our identity. I think it's maybe the next slide there. I can't remember the next one. Okay, sorry. Um, foods, there's certain foods that we are drawn to. It's a window into who we are. Uh, tell me what food you eat, and it will give us a window into your background, to your culture, perhaps. Um, if, again, if you're living here in Finland, there's foods that sometimes we, we really enjoy, foods that maybe we reject or turn away. Uh, salmiaki, uh, for some, is a, is, it came down from heaven. For others, it came from the other place, right? Okay? <laughs> uh, it's two different points of view. Uh, or you get to Easter time, and there's this, this, this rye thing called mammy, and what is that? And, and we'll have to share some of that with you if you haven't had that or, or other things. Some people love it. Others scratch their heads and say, what are you eating? But for some, it's just not a matter of taste. It's a matter of rules. It's a matter of regulations. It's a matter of guidelines. You can eat this, you cannot eat that. Um, some cultures do not eat meat. Some cultures eat certain meats. Some cultures um, have different rules and guidelines. You can eat, well, certain this one or, or that one. Um, certain people have adapted their, their eating habits for health reasons, for waistline reasons, uh, for a multitude of other reasons. Some are on a keto diet. Some are on a vegetarian diet. Some are on a pescetarian diet. Some are on, there are a thousand different ways that people are eating. So food is a big deal. And it has a huge impact on all of our lives. But food is at the very center of our text today. It's, it's, it's amazing how God took a moment of food and, and really brought this lesson for us to the forefront. So what you are eating and with whom you are eating is at the heart of our text today. It was at the center of Peter's vision and it was a tool that God used for him to help him realize uh, this important lesson that we're going to look at. You know, all of the, the early believers were Jewish. And because they were Jewish, they followed very strict guidelines. Uh, the, the, the food laws were, were together with many other laws. And these laws helped them to understand you live this way because you are in relationship with the Holy God. And, and you just can't live any way you want to live. If you're going to come and have this relationship with God, when God brought them out of Egypt... He says, now you're my people, and so now I'm going to show you how to live like my people. And there were a variety of laws, not just the Ten Commandments, but there were also laws that govern food and other regulations. Uh, among them, clothing and work and so many other things. It was, especially circumcision was the, like the, the, the sign that you were part of this covenant with God. And, and within this, this uh, laws and the rules, were ways for people to, to be in relationship, to restore relationship, uh, to have their sins forgiven, and so forth through like sacrifices and whatnot. 
So fast forward back to our verses in, in, in Acts chapter 11, when in Peter's day, the food came up and they were saying, Peter, um, you went where? <laughs> Gentiles? Ding, 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 ding. They don't follow our food laws. And you did, you did what? You went into their house and you were with those uncircumcised men, these people who were not part of the covenant of God? Danger, danger, danger. And you did what with them? You, you ate with them? No, we're not. It didn't matter they got the word of God. We're, <laughs> you know, it's like God's word came to them. Whoa, whoa, whoa. you ate with them? Do, do, do you see the tension here? Do you see the, the challenge? So it's no wonder that as the church was growing, and as Jew, they were all Jewish. All the Christians were Jewish. But then as the church began to grow, and as you had Gentiles receive the word of God, and all of a sudden you had Jews and Gentiles, like, what do we do with that? There's potential problems. That's why this passage is important today. The question surfaced that not only caused the early believers to have to figure this out. God, help us. Help us to discover what the gospel means for Jews and for Gentiles. What happens when people who are not Jewish put their faith in the Jewish Messiah do they need to follow the laws and rules that identified you with the covenant people of God? That's exactly what happens with Cornelius, a Gentile, and Peter, a Jew. God brings them together through a series of visions. It's almost like God went to his kitchen and he looked for some salt and pepper and he looked for the Jews, he looked for the Gentiles. He's like, let's put them together. God, God began cooking something up. God began to put together a recipe, some would say for disaster, but we'll see in a moment it's definitely not that. So let's start with Peter's vision, number one. Peter's vision. So when, after this, this, in Acts chapter 11, verse 4, listen to what it says here, starting from the beginning, okay? You know, Peter says, okay, let me start the whole story for you. He starts from the beginning. He says, Peter told them the whole story. It's like you have to hear the whole story uh, to know what is going on. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance, I saw a vision. Now, what he doesn't tell us here is he was on the, 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 the top floor waiting for a meal to be cooked. And he was hungry. So it's, it's funny that he is hungry waiting for food when God does something. Something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, birds. Then I heard a voice telling me, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. Verse 8 then says, I replied, surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered <laughs> my mouth. The voice spoke from Prime a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, three times, and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. 
you know, he's praying, and in, in, in Acts chapter 10, verses 9 through 10, we learn that, that he was getting ready to have this uh, meal time. And so he, he shares how he sees a vision of a sheet being let down from heaven, and inside the sheet had all these different kinds of animals, four-footed animals, wild beasts, reptiles, bird, and a voice said, Peter, get up. I know you're hungry, so here's some food for you. Get up and prepare the meal and eat. And when, when Peter looks at the, the animals, obviously they were of the unclean variety, and he, he thus objects to God, saying in verse 9, he says, God, he says, I'm sorry, verse 8, I replied, surely what? Not why? Nothing what? Impure or unclean. He's referring to the laws of the Old Testament has ever entered my mouth. I've never tasted, and you're telling me to, to eat this. He says, never. Now, verse 9, God replies in the vision. He doesn't say, Peter, good job. I was just testing you. <laughs> and they have a good laugh. Is that what happens? Does God say, Peter, you know, you, you passed my test, and you're a really faithful um, um, uh, servant and so forth. God says, whoa, 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 Peter. Don't call anything impure that God has made clean. Now, does this mean that God was getting rid of the Jewish food laws? That's a very good question. Was God saying it's no longer important for you to eat these foods? Well, yes and no. Yes and no. What do I mean by that? It's... Basically, it's, it's okay to continue to eat the way you've been eating. It's okay that, that as you identify as this, the, the people of the Jewish people and the, your whole history as a Jew, there's nothing wrong with that. But, but Peter, listen, you're about to discover something about faith that you didn't really realize completely yet. What's not okay is to look at how you are eating as a means to be, declared, to be declared clean or righteous before God in light of what Jesus did on the cross. You see, and, and when, when, when this happened in, in Acts chapter 10, verses 9, 17 and, and 19, you know, Peter, as he was looking at these, Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision. Verse 19, Peter was still thinking about the vision. Peter's trying to make sense of what God is saying. And what is happening is there has been a change, a, a new covenant that has come that has, has radically shifted how you and the whole world are clean. So this is where Peter's at. But look what happens next. Verse 11 begins what we're going to call in part two Cornelius' vision. It's, you know, part of food preparation. Anyone like, like to cook here? Anyone like, like to cook, enjoy cooking? We all like to eat. All the hands went up, but... Cooking, all the hands stay down, you know. <laughs> I, I, I get it. But, but, you know, food, it takes time. Let's just put it that way. It takes time. Preparation and time. You put something in the oven. You set it at a certain temperature, and you have to wait. You have to chop up the vegetables and all. It takes time to, yes, 
But God has timed things perfectly. God is the, the master chef here as he's cooking. He's timed things perfectly. Look what happens. Right then, as Peter's thinking about this, right then three men who have been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel, this is Cornelius now, appear in his house and say, send a job for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be what? Saved. This is, this is so important because for the last two weeks, we have been saying that, that Jesus' mission has been to seek and to save the what? The lost. We saw it with Zacchaeus. We saw it with, with Paul. The, 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 I'm the worst sinners. God, Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Salvation. It's all about salvation and what Jesus has done. And so here, what happens is, you know, the, at the, the moment when this Peter's experiencing this, the men come to his house, they're looking for Peter, something that would have been so taboo to go with them, he says, no hesitation. So maybe something's beginning to happen in Peter's heart. So he goes with them, and you know, you can read more about it in Acts chapter 10, but Cornelius, he, this is, he's recounting the story, you can read all about it in, in Acts chapter 10 of Cornelius as he's praying and and his encounter, but he sends messengers, they come to Peter, and then Peter is on his way to Cornelius' house. And so that's Cornelius' vision. Now let's look at the third part. The third part is, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. In verse 15, Peter concludes this encounter with Cornelius, and he, he kind of jumps right to the conclusion. As I began to speak, you know, Peter had a gift of, of speaking and saying things. The Holy Spirit came then as he had come on us at the beginning. Now, it's really important to put a pause there and go back to Acts chapter 10, because in verse 34, you get the full story. I think it's worth, worth reading here. It says, Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know how the message God sent to the people of where? There it is. The people of Israel, to the Jewish people, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism of John, that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, how he went around doing good, healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. He begins to recount the message of Jesus. And he goes on. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews. And in Jerusalem, they killed him by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen. By us, who did what? 
who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that, here it is, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, everyone who believes on his name receives forgiveness. The Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter, the six that were with Peter, were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. You know, Peter recounts the gospel message. He points them to belief in Jesus for salvation. And it's at that point that God interrupts Peter and shows Peter and the Gentiles and Cornelius and everyone God's vision for the world. You know, it's interesting in verse 15 when he said at the very beginning, he says, I I remember what the Lord had said. If we go back to verse 15, I think it's there somewhere. Maybe the order got mixed up a little bit. It's okay. Yeah, uh, Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. That's very interesting, the term, at the beginning of what? The Holy, when did the Holy Spirit come upon them at the beginning? On the day of Pentecost. On, on the church, at the beginning of the start of the church. And in and, and, and verse 16 now, then it said, then Peter, he looked at this, he remembered that Jesus promised the Holy Spirit to baptize in the Holy Spirit. And now the Gentiles, I remembered, the Lord talked about this. You would be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So he saw the Gentiles receiving the same gift. God gave them the same gift that he gave us who believed in the eating the right foods following all the right laws no those are important but but who believe in the lord jesus and then i love this who was i to think that i could stand in god's way it's like god um obviously there you know more than i do right and he says i'm not going to stand in your way. Peter sees God declaring them as accepted, as clean, as they put their faith in him. And he says, the only thing I can, I can do, I'm not going to stand in your way. The only thing that I'm going to do is, 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 hey guys, it's time to get baptized. <laughs> you know, God's received you. The only thing he commands them to do is to get baptized. It's impossible to object or to oppose what God was doing. And maybe the words of the vision that Peter had, don't call unclean anything would I have made clean. And as the story comes to a close, when they heard this, there were no further objections. They praised God saying, so then 
even to the Gentiles, God has granted, here it is, repentance that leads to life. What an amazing story, is it not? It's a powerful story. There's lots of implications here. Uh, as I was reflecting on this for us, you know, I'm not Jewish. I was not raised Jewish. Um, I don't have these the food laws. Uh, so it's not an issue for me, but I look at the church and realize, well, this was, this was a huge issue. And, and yet, what was God revealing to the church about faith? Yes, he was bringing the Jews and the Gentiles together, but it reveals an issue that the church struggled with, because this issue does not go away. It comes back up a little later on. Acts chapter 15, Galatians, you can, you can, it does not go away. So the, 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 the church struggled. Peter struggled. Um, others struggled. Do we struggle? I'll, I'll tell you how we struggle. Maybe it's not with the foods, but we're always struggling to understand because we always want to add conditions of, of what it means to walk with Christ. We want to add something that if you do this and if you do that and if you behave this way and all those things, there's a place and there's an importance for that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying we can live in what we want. That, that's not what I'm saying. But what we are saying is there's a misunderstanding about the good news in the gospel of Jesus. That he is the one who makes us clean. Everything we, out we do is in response to that. Because we're accepted, because we, we can't do anything, it's all because of what Jesus has done, then we begin to live differently. It says in Romans 3, I don't have the verses for it, but Romans 3 talks about that Jesus is the one who is just and the one who justifies. It's through Jesus' justice, through his righteousness, that, that we are made clean. It's through coming to relationship with him. What that means is, no matter your background, no matter what you've done, no matter your current situation, no matter what's happening, Jesus is able to bring life that flows from repentance. He is able to pour out his Holy Spirit. You know, it, it may seem simple, but we forget this all too frequently. We do many good things and for very good reasons, but we can do nothing to secure our salvation. And each new day, we live it still looking to Jesus to grant us life. We do things because we love him, but not to try and win him over. You know, sometimes faith is an acquired taste. Do you ever have an acquired taste? Something you didn't like when you were a kid? And then now you eat it all the time? When you eat it, I ate it as a kid. Oh, this is gross. Yeah. Maybe it was olives or maybe it was, I don't know. We all could go around the room and ask. But there's foods that you have grown to like over time. Now, was it good then? It was always good, right? Uh, yeah, it was good. Why didn't you like it? Why didn't you have... 
different reasons. Yeah, I won't go into all the scientific. I'm sure there's some kind of, we can ask Jan, he'll probably, he probably knows all that. <laughs> I read an article the other day. and <laughs> Exactly. But it does bring this to the forefront. Sometimes there's things about faith we don't realize or maybe don't even like. But the more that we walk with God and know him, the more deeply we know the gospel, we become to acquire a new taste, a new goodness of what God is doing. And at the very beginning of the church, the idea that Gentiles could receive the word of God and did not have to follow all the rules and regulations in order to be accepted before God. That was a, wow. But at some point, there was an acquired taste that the Jews and the Gentiles together were worshiping and serving God. So my, my encouragement to you today is that as we discover more about true faith, that the good news is good news for everyone, everywhere, no matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance. And though we may not like what's happening, if we can point people to Jesus, God will begin to make them clean, if you will. Sometimes people feel like, I can't go to church because I'm of all, of all my sin. I can't come into that building because I'm not good enough. There's something about faith in Jesus we need to discover. That this is a place where everyone is welcome. That everyone can come just as they are and receive life in Jesus' name. It's a little spicy, isn't it? <laughs> ah, it's a little hot. I love eating spicy food, and Sonia says to me, but you're crying. I like it. It's so good. You know, it's like, it's good. You know, Lord, do it. Lord, take away our objections. Let's, I invite you just to bow your head with me and just ask God to, to somehow show you and show me this morning, God, where is it that I'm missing the mark Maybe, there's, maybe I'm adding something to faith in Jesus. Maybe there's something this morning, God, that we have, even something very good, that we can make the error of thinking and even replacing that, that this will lead to salvation. That if you just do this or just do that, God will accept you. Lord Jesus, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you that you interrupted Peter at just the right moment as Peter was sharing about what you did. How you came and, and was anointed to bring healing and to set people free and you went around doing good just to show people that in you, if we put our faith, we will, we will receive life. God, this is a simple message of the gospel. And we continue to commit ourselves to it. And I pray, Lord, that we would remember it when our hearts are drawn to adding something to it. When we tend to want to reject things like we do with food, Lord. Lord, give us an acquired taste for the gospel like we've never had before. To know that if people will hear the message, 
they can experience new life through Jesus. So, Lord, I pray that we would be a community here at Solomon English Church that opens the doors, that as people come from different backgrounds and different cultures and different situations of life, different moments in their, their, maybe their families or at work or whatever the case may be, as we point them to Jesus, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit and bring new life as they embrace you. We ask it in your name. Amen.